Welcome to Nations of the World podcast series, where we explore a different nation of the world in each episode. Our aim is to bring you, the listener, on an audio journey to discover interesting facts that make each country unique. Welcome to Australia Part 2. We're continuing on with Segment 2, Heart of the Nation, Urbanism and Architecture. The population is highly urbanized, with 86.4% of the population living in the metropolitan areas. The population is mostly concentrated in the coastal regions, especially the eastern and southeastern seaboard. Canberra is the nation's capital, while Sydney is the largest city. Other major metropolitan areas are Melbourne, Brisbane, Perth, and Adelaide. The interior or outback is sparsely populated. This high urban concentration is partly because the harsh physical environment inland has encouraged people to remain close to the fertile coastal areas. Personal home ownership is a common goal, and the nation has one of the highest home ownership rates in the world. When the British took control of the continent in 1788, they deemed it terra nullius, or land that was not owned. According to British law, all Australian land was the property of the Crown. In the last two decades of the 18th century, land grants were made to emancipated convicts, free settlers, marines, and officers. Land was available to anyone prepared to employ and feed the convicts who were assigned to it as servants. In 1825, sale of land by private tender was introduced. Land is held as freehold or privately owned through purchase, leasehold, pastoralists and others are given special usage rights for a specified number of years, national parks, and crown land, which effectively remains under the control of the government. In 1992, a new form of rights in land was legally recognized, native title as a form of continuing Aboriginal and Islander connection with the land. To the extent that a system of Indigenous customary law can be shown to have continued from the time of European establishment of sovereignty, these groups can make claims to their traditional lands. Australia has an average population density of 3.4 persons per square kilometre, or about 10 people per square mile which makes it one of the most sparsely populated countries in the world. Households The most common household unit in the 1996 census was the couple, followed closely by the couple with dependent children, then the one-parent family with dependent children, the couple with non-dependent children, and other family groups. A pervasive myth is that the extended family does not exist, and that society is composed of nuclear families cut off from extended kin. While most people live in couple-only or nuclear family households, the extended family is an important source of support for most people. Blended families and step-families with children from former marriages are becoming more common. Australians are family-oriented, but may not be as physically expressive as families in other cultures. Family members may hug or kiss each other, but not necessarily every day. Families in Australian culture can be more matriarchal compared to some Latin or Asian families, 
with mothers usually responsible for discipline and decisions regarding the children. In Australian culture, everyone shares in the housework. Families usually get together for dinner, and it's common to take time out for a quick meal. Families also express affection through participating in activities such as watching TV, working around the house or garden, having picnics or barbecues, and going to sporting events together. Smiles and laughter are signs of strong affection in Aussie families. Family members may even tease one another, but will do so in good fun and Aussie humor. Homes in Australia can range from large properties on farms in regional areas to small apartments in the city. Inheritance. Citizens have testamentary freedom or the right to declare how they wish their property to be distributed after death. With this freedom, individuals can legally enforce their cultural practices. They also can choose to remove relatives from the will and pass their property to a charitable organization or an unrelated person. If an individual dies without a valid will, the property is distributed to the spouse, then the children of the deceased, and then the parents and other kin. If there are no relatives, the property goes to the crown. Marriage Most heterosexual couples marry for love and to confirm a long-term emotional, financial, and sexual commitment. Arranged marriages occur in some ethnic groups but are not considered desirable by most people. Marriage is not essential for a cohabiting relationship or child-rearing, but nearly 60% of people over 15 years of age are married. The law grants members of de facto relationships legal rights and responsibilities equivalent to those of formerly married couples. Marriage occurs with a civil or religious ceremony conducted by a registered official and can take place in any public or private location. The ceremony usually is followed by a celebration with food, drink, and music. Guests provide gifts of household goods or money, and the parents of the couple often make substantial contributions to the cost of the wedding. No other official exchange of property occurs. Divorce has been readily available since 1975 and involves little stigma. It requires a one-year separation period and occurs in approximately 40% of first marriages. Upon divorce, the husband and wife agree to divide their mutual property and child-rearing responsibilities. Law courts and mediators sometimes are there to assist with this process. Remarriage is common and accepted. A significant trend in family formation is a dramatic increase in the proportion of marriages preceded by a period of cohabitation. Child-rearing Child-rearing varies considerably with the country of origin, class background, the education and occupation of the parents, and the religious group to which a family belongs. While most practices are aimed at developing a responsible and independent child, Aboriginal and many migrant families tend to indulge young children more than do most Anglo-Celtic parents. Some ethnic groups supervise the young more strictly than the dominant Anglo-Celtic population, encouraging them to mix only with family and friends, be dependent on the family, and leave decision-making to the parents. Mothers are the preferred primary caretakers, 
although fathers are taking increasing responsibility for child care. In the past, mothers were not as isolated in their child care responsibilities, receiving help from older children, extended kin, and neighbors. The reduction in family and household size in recent years has meant that the burden of care falls largely on mothers. There is significant variation in ideas about good parenting, reflecting the diverse cultural values and traditions of parents' ethnic background. Practices justified by recent scientific research usually are considered the best. In the past, the values most prized in children were obedience and deference. But today, good parenting is commonly associated with having assertive and independent children. There are no formal initiation ceremonies for the national culture, although the 21st birthday often is celebrated as a rite of passage into adulthood. Australian children are generally independent and given room to experience life with limits set by parents. It is common for Australian teenagers to take care of themselves and younger siblings when parents are at work. In Australian culture, young people are encouraged to discuss their activities and their problems with their parents. Etiquette A predominant image among Australians is that they are very casual, easygoing, and familiar. First names are used commonly as terms of address. An ideology of egalitarianism pervades, with men, women, and children treated similarly. Attempts at appearing superior to others in terms of dress, manners, knowledge, and the work ethic are discouraged. A handshake is the most common way to greet a new acquaintance, and a hug, a kiss on the cheek, or a verbal greeting, the most common way to greet a friend. The colloquialism good day, or good day, is considered the quintessential greeting. There is an easy friendliness in public places. Personal privacy is respected and staring is discouraged, although eye contact is not avoided. Eye contact during conversation is considered polite among the general population, but among Aboriginal people, averting eye contact during conversation is considered a sign of respect. When a line is forming, new arrivals must go to the end. In museums and exhibitions, voices are hushed. In performance contexts, the audience is expected to be silent and attentive. Service attendants consider themselves equal to their guests and usually are not subservient. Australians also resist being served. Food may be eaten in the street, but meals usually are eaten at the table, with each person having his or her own plate and eating utensils. Bodily functions are considered inevitable but are not discussed or performed in public. They are polite and respectful in public. Sniffing, spitting, and swearing in public are not acceptable in Australian culture. Although Australians tend to be informal and laid back, please and thank you are used abundantly. Australians strongly believe in equality. Wait staff, taxi drivers, bank tellers, shop attendants, lawyers, doctors, and all other professions are treated with the same respect and as equals. Australians tend to be very direct and honest in their communication with one another. Humor plays a big role, where there is often teasing and joking. Arrogance is looked down upon heavily. Humility and modesty are desirable. 
Personal space is roughly an arm's length during conversation. With friends and family, it may be less. As part of their laid-back culture, Australians will take the time to assist one another without feeling pressured about the time involved. Buses, trains, and other services run on time for the most part. Punctuality tends to be valued more in business and professional situations versus social ones. Opportunities for women are varied and available. Women hold positions of power in various arenas. On social occasions or dating, people split the bill. If you are invited to the movies, expect to pay for yourself. Rarely will a car door be opened for a female, but if it is, it is polite to lean over and open the driver door from the inside, but this is less common now because of keyless entry systems. Gesturing. The V, signed for victory or peace, is shown with the palm facing downward. If the palm is facing inward, the sign becomes a rude gesture. Extending the middle finger is rude. Sexist and or racist language is also highly disdained. Culture Since 1788, the primary influence behind Australian culture has been Anglo-Celtic Western culture, with some indigenous influences. The culture of the United States has served as a significant influence, particularly through television and cinema. Other cultural influences come from neighboring Asian countries and through large-scale immigration from non-English-speaking nations. British ideas and practices involving gender were imported with colonialism. Women tend to be associated with the private sphere, unpaid work, and the home, while men tend to be associated with the public sphere, paid work, and the larger society. This division was particularly pronounced in the early years of settlement, when free settler women were seen as homemakers who brought civility to the male population. Migrant women have been valued for their ability to create settled families and generally have entered the country as dependents. Traditionally, occupation has been sex-segregated, with women predominating as domestics and in the caring professions, such as teaching and nursing. However, sex discrimination and affirmative action policy since the late 1970s has been directed toward promoting gender equality in all spheres. Therefore, there have been increases in women's participation in secondary and higher education, as well as in the general workforce and an increase in the availability of childcare. Still, many areas of social, economic, political, and religious life remain gendered, generally to the disadvantage of women. Women are underrepresented in scientific occupations, managerial positions, and professional positions, and overrepresented in administrative and clerical positions. Women earn on average less than men do and spend more time than men doing unpaid domestic work. Women's right to vote in federal elections was included in the Constitution in 1901. There are no legal restrictions on same-sex sexual relations or the organization of LGBT plus events in Australia. Australian federal law prohibits discrimination based on sexual orientation. As of December 9, 2017, Australia defines marriage as the union between two people. Australia grants temporary and permanent visas to same-sex partners of Australian citizens.
legal issues. You may be taken in for questioning if you don't have your passport with you. In some places, it is illegal to take pictures of certain buildings, such as inside certain areas of Australian airports, near prisons, and at military bases. If you break local laws, your passport won't help you. It's very important to know what's legal and what's not where you are going. There are also some things that might be legal in the country you visit, but still illegal in the one you come from, such as the United States. Engaging in sexual conduct with children or using or disseminating child pornography in a foreign country is a crime prosecutable in the United States. You can be prosecuted under U.S. law if you buy pirated goods. In Australia, driving under the influence can land you immediately in jail. If you violate Australian laws, even unknowingly, you may be expelled, arrested, or imprisoned. Penalties for possessing, using, or trafficking in illegal drugs in Australia are severe, and convicted offenders can expect long jail sentences and heavy fines. It's important to be aware that all objectionable material is subject to declaration and inspection and may be illegal in Australia. Objectionable material includes child pornography, bestiality, explicit sexual violence, and graphic degradation, as well as terrorism-related material, and anything providing instruction in or encouraging drug use, crime, or violence. It's very important to know what's legal and what's not wherever you go. The legal drinking age is 18 and is readily enforced. Doing business. Most people will want to interact on a first-name basis as quickly as possible. It's best to begin addressing people using Mr., Mrs., Ms., or Miss, followed by the surname, and then wait for them to invite you to call them by their first name. Dress. Jeans are more casual attire, and they're common in some industries. Being clean and well-groomed is generally appreciated. For men, on a first meeting, a relatively conservative business suit is a good idea. Many companies allow business casual dress, which is usually nice pants and a collared shirt with or without a jacket. For women, dresses, pantsuits, or business suits are a good idea for a first meeting. Limited accessories are fine, and it's best to avoid overly revealing clothing. Meetings. It's best to show up on time or even early if you wish to exchange pleasantries beforehand. Generally, some small talk is acceptable, but probably no more than a few relevant questions, such as, did you have any trouble finding the building? How was your flight? Negotiations. It's best to avoid hard selling, pressure tactics, and any sort of conflict or confrontation. Bargaining is generally not expected and is usually frowned upon. It's important to be direct about intentions and supporting them with hard facts and figures is a good idea. Gifts. Gifts aren't generally exchanged in business situations. If invited to someone's home, though, it is polite to bring a small gift, such as chocolate, a nice bottle of wine, or flowers. Education. Access to high-quality education is considered the right of all citizens and the government provides compulsory primary and secondary schooling for children between ages 6 and 15. 
most schools are fully funded by the government. The remainder are non-government schools that receive nearly half their funding from fees and private sources such as religious associations. Education is the responsibility of the individual states and territories, so the rules vary between states, but in general children are required to attend school from the age of about 5 until about 16. In some states, such as Western Australia, the Northern Territory, and New South Wales, children aged 16 to 17 are required to either attend school or participate in vocational training, such as an apprenticeship. Attendance at non-government schools have been increasing since the 1970s because it's felt that independent schooling provides better educational and employment opportunities. Preschool centers are available for children younger than age 6. Non-government schools are mainly Catholic. Education is aimed at providing children with social and workplace skills. Educational methods vary depending on requirements. For example, education for children in remote rural locations relies heavily on advanced communication technologies. Guidelines have been established in all states for dealing with children with special educational needs, such as those with disabilities and those who are intellectually gifted. Some schools with high percentage of Aboriginal and or migrant pupils have special language policies that include instruction in languages other than English. Homeschooling is permitted in Australia. Education begins with primary school. This begins with kindergarten, followed by grades 1 to 6. After primary school is high school, grades 7 to 12. Completion of grade 10 is compulsory. Some students leave after grade 10 to gain employment in a trade. Many students that complete grade 12 go on to study at university or complete technical education. Higher education is considered to offer the best employment opportunities. Consequently, tertiary education has become more widely available and is undertaken by an increasingly larger proportion of the population. It is available in two forms, universities and institutions of technical and further education, or TAFE. In 1992, 37% of women and 47% of men received post-school qualifications, and 12.3% of the labor force held university degrees in 1993. Universities also attract substantial numbers of overseas students. The government is responsible for funding most universities and institutions, with increasing contributions being made by students in the form of fees and post-graduation tax payments. Australia has 37 government-funded universities and three private universities, as well as several other specialist institutions that provide approved courses at the higher education level. The OECD places Australia among the most expensive nations to attend university. There is a state-based system of vocational training known as TAFE, and many trades conduct apprenticeships for training new tradespeople. About 58% of Australians aged 25 to 64 have vocational or tertiary qualifications and the tertiary graduation rate is 49%, the highest among OECD countries. 30.9% of Australia's population has attained a higher education qualification, which is among the highest percentages in the world. 
Australia has the highest ratio of international students per head of population in the world by a large margin. With 812,000 international students enrolled in the nation's universities and vocational institutions in 2019. Accordingly, in 2019, international students represented, on average, 26.7% of the student bodies of Australian universities. International education, therefore, represents one of the country's largest exports and has a pronounced influence on the country's demographics with a significant portion of international students remaining in Australia after graduation on various skill and employment visas. It is expected that teachers are treated with respect. In class, teachers will call on students independently and look for students to ask and respond. Peer assessment or collaborative group work is common, but copying from the Internet is considered cheating. Australia has an adult literacy rate that was estimated to be 99% in 2003. However, a 2011-2012 report for the Australian Bureau of Statistics reported that Tasmania has a literacy and numeracy rate of only 50%. Health Australia has the highest rates of skin cancer in the world. While cigarette smoking is the largest preventable cause of death and disease, responsible for 7.8% of the total mortality and disease. Ranked second in preventable causes is hypertension at 7.6%, with obesity third at 7.5%. Australia ranks 35th in the world and near the top of developed nations for its proportion of obese adults and nearly two-thirds, or 63%, of its adult population is either overweight or obese. Australia introduced universal health care in 1975. Known as Medicare, it is now nominally funded by an income tax surcharge known as the Medicare levy, currently at 2%. The states manage hospitals and the attached outpatient services, while the Commonwealth funds the Pharmaceutical Benefits Scheme, which is subsidizing the costs of medicines and general practice. Public hospitals often provide free services. People can select a private general practitioner, usually in their neighborhood. The general practitioner provides referrals to specialist doctors where necessary, and payment is usually on a fee-for-service basis. Health professionals may work privately or in a hospital setting. In recent years, there has been an attempt to increase the level of private health insurance coverage among citizens. Prevention of illness is a high priority of the government, with several programs such as vaccination, public health warnings about smoking and AIDS, public education campaigns on nutrition and exercise, and public awareness campaigns regarding heavy drinking and illicit drugs. Individuals are held to be responsible for their own health problems, and most investment goes to individually-oriented, high-technology curative medicine. In the 1970s, community health centers were established to focus on groups with special needs, such as women, migrants, and Aboriginal people. These centers provided more holistic care by addressing personal and social problems, as well as health conditions. Increasing numbers of people combine Western medicine with traditional and New Age practices. This may include Chinese herbalists, iridology, and homeopathic medicine. 
these alternative forms of medical treatment generally are not subsidized by the government. The Royal Flying Doctor Service provides emergency medical assistance to those in remote areas. It was founded in 1928 and is funded by government and public donations. The service also provides emergency assistance during floods and fires. 100% of its population has improved drinking water. Infant mortality rate is 3.05 deaths in 1,000 live births. Life expectancy. For males, it's 80.73 years. For females, it's 85.17 years. The number here is from 2021. Food. Tucker is the Aussie word for food. Before colonization, Aboriginal peoples were sustained by a diverse range of flora and fauna. The early settlers primarily consumed meat, at first native animals, and later beef and mutton, bread and vegetables, particularly potatoes. Nearly all regularly eaten food except seafood were introduced after European settlement. Since World War II, the diet has become highly diversified. Each wave of immigrants has had an impact, including German, Italian, Greek, Lebanese, Jewish, and Southeast Asian foods and cooking styles. The unofficial national dish is the Great Australian Meat Pie. A variation of this is found in Adelaide, called a pie floater, or Adelaide floater, made from a meat pie floating in a small sea of split pea soup. Surprisingly good, this dish is associated with Adelaide and not common throughout Australia. The Aborigines traditionally ground various seeds to make flour, adding water and salt for a type of bread. This was cooked in the coals of a campfire. Early settlers learned this technique and called the bread damper. Kangaroo meat is also another Aboriginal delicacy. Australians' eating habits reflect their British heritage. A traditional breakfast may include fruit or juice, cold cereal or hot porridge, fried eggs and sausages, with hot tea or coffee. Toast may be spread with Vegemite, a concentrated yeast extract. For more leisurely breakfasts, some people enjoy baked beans, spaghetti, or minced meat on toast. The noon meal is usually quite light. Most people eat sandwiches during the work week. Other lunch foods include Australian meat pies, a flaky pastry filled with ground beef mixed in spices, and sausage rolls with hot chips or french fries. Children enjoy milk flavored with vanilla, strawberry chocolate, peppermint, or spearmint. An afternoon snack may feature lamingtons, small sponge cakes with chocolate frosting and coconut, or picolets, small pancakes, and tea. A typical dinner consists of meat, potatoes, and vegetables. Most families have barbecues and often grill their meat. One specialty is steak stuffed with oysters. The array of available seafood includes lobsters, Sydney rock oysters, barramundi fish, mud crabs, crayfish, prawns, and snapper. Dessert is often fresh fruit such as bananas, mangoes, pawpaws, or papayas pineapples, pears, apples, and citrus fruit. Custard is also a popular dessert. Another well-known dessert is pavlova, made with meringue, cream, and fruit. 
The name honors the ballerina Anna Pavlova, who visited Australia in the 1920s. Australian chefs are known worldwide for their fusion cuisine, a blending of European cooking traditions with Asian flavors and products. Nevertheless, certain foods are recognized as national emblems, including Vegemite, a yeast extract spread, Milo, a powdered base for chocolate milk drinks, Anzac biscuits, oat biscuits sent to soldiers in World War I, and damper. Australians are among the world's leaders in fast food consumption. Burger and chicken chain stores are prominent in the suburbs, having replaced the traditional meat pies and fish and chips. While Australians were long known as tea drinkers, coffee and wine have become increasingly popular. If you use the word Barbie in Australia, instead of meaning the doll, you'll be referring to a barbecue or a party that usually takes place in the afternoon. Food products from Australia. I will present just a few. Macadamia nuts, Granny Smith, Cripps Pink Apples, and Tim Tam are prevalent. Tim Tam is an Australian brand of chocolate biscuits created by Arnott's. They consist of two malted biscuits which are separated by chocolate cream, then coated in a thin layer of chocolate. Quandon is a small Australian fruit with a bright red color and a slightly tart flavor that is often described as a cross between peaches and apricots. Fruit pits at the center have an almond-like flavor and can be roasted or pressed for oil. It is recommended to use quandongs as the preparation of fruit jams, pies, or fruit purees. Wattle seed is a nutritious seed obtained from acacia trees. When roasted, this iconic Central Australian bush food develops a flavor reminiscent of coffee, chocolate, and hazelnuts. It is often used in the preparation of sweet and savory dishes, such as bread, ice cream, biscuits, and cakes. However, one must be careful as there are over 700 species of acacia and many of those have poisonous seeds. Coming from the wild rainforests of Tasmania's west coast, leatherwood honey is an exceptional honey variety that is highly prized among honey connoisseurs and gourmets all over the world. Lagustica bees make this rare honey from the nectar of the leatherwood plant's delicate white flowers during the leatherwood harvest season that usually takes place between January and March each year. The honey has a smooth, creamy, and buttery texture, while the flavor is mildly sweet, floral, clean, and fresh, with a spicy finish. It has a low acidity level and is believed to possess beneficial medicinal properties. Leatherwood honey can be enjoyed smeared over a slice of bread or a sweet waffle and it is frequently used in the preparation of various desserts due to its unique sweetness and aroma. Found at the roots of the acacia plant in the deserts of the Australian outback, witchetty grub is a small fleshy white larvae of the ghost moth. It is about the size of a baby carrot. It is an essential part of the aboriginal diet because its meat is highly nutritious and rich in protein. It's traditionally consumed live and raw, or fresh off the barbecue when it's served as an appetizer. The flavor of witchetty grubs can best be described as a cross between chicken and prawn meat, although some compare it to scrambled eggs. Post-World War II European migrants, particularly from the Mediterranean, helped to build a thriving Australian coffee culture. 
Australia is now known for its cafe and coffee culture in urban centers, which has influenced coffee culture abroad, including New York City. Australia was responsible for the flat white coffee, said to have originated in a Sydney cafe in the mid-1980s. In Australia, the children eat a dish called fairy bread. This is a popular snack and is buttered bread covered with tiny sprinkles, known as hundreds and thousands. Australia is known for its world-class wine regions. One to mention is the Barossa Valley near Adelaide. Home to some of the oldest Shiraz vines in the world, the Barossa's 150-plus wineries are famous for their reds, particularly those from their renowned winemakers such as Penfolds, Jacobs Creek, and Wolf Blass. Some Popular Dishes Anzac Biscuits are sweet cookies made from a combination of flour, oats, golden syrup, butter, sugar, coconut, and soda bicarbonate. Australian Meat Pies They're made with flaky pastry that's filled with gravy and minced meat. Of course, numerous variations exist, so the filling can also be made with onions, chicken, and asparagus, mushrooms, cheese, crocodile meat, vegetables, or seafood. Balmain Bugs with Mango Sauce Made with boiled Balmain bugs, which is lobster or shrimp-like sea creatures, served with a mango sauce made from mangoes, sour cream, lime juice, brown sugar, and sweet chili sauce. Beef Nambour Browned diced beef and bacon, sautéed in a sauce made from French onion soup mix, pineapple chunks, water, and ginger powder. It is served over boiled rice or potatoes. Cream of Carrot and Honey Soup Made from carrots, butternut pumpkin, onions, shallots, garlic, ginger, leeks, olive oil, vegetable stock, honey, thyme, and bay leaves. Frozen Christmas Pudding Draped in melted chocolate and frozen, this is a rich fruit ice cream pudding. Fruit Cordial Cordial is sold in a concentrated form to be mixed with water for consumption. It comes in a range of flavors, mainly made with real fruit, and available with no added sugar. It is one of the oldest non-alcoholic beverages, first becoming popular in the 1850s. Many Australians drink cordial to help them consume more water and stay hydrated. Fruity Seafood Prawns marinated in a sauce consisting of hot chili sauce, light soy sauce, honey, ginger, garlic, coriander, and lime juice. These are skewered and grilled and then served with steamed rice and a salsa of mango, avocado or cucumber, red papaya, red chili, fish sauce, and lime juice. Kangaroo Tail Soup Chunks of kangaroo tail meat are sautéed with onions, carrots, celery, and herbs. Added to this is sugar, tamarind water, garlic, myrtle leaves, shallots, cherry tomatoes, lemongrass, and fresh galangal, generally served with lime wedges. Lamingtons consists of a sponge cake that's dipped in chocolate and sprinkled with finely desiccated coconut. Patio salad. A patio salad is made with mayonnaise, lemon, red onion, olive oil, shaved ham, and basil. Pavlova, a meringue-based cake with a crisp crust and soft light inside usually topped with fruit and whipped cream. Roseville Tea Sandwiches Sandwiches made by trimming the crust of the bread, 
mixing mayonnaise, onion, dill, capers, horseradish, and pepper, spreading the mayo mixture on one slice of bread, then arranging smoked salmon slices and cucumbers on top, and finishing with the second piece of bread. Steamed Pudding with Golden Syrup A cake which is topped with a golden syrup and served with vanilla custard or ice cream. Vegemite It's a notoriously yeasty spread that can be found in 9 out of 10 pantries in Australia. Arts Australia has over 100,000 Aboriginal rock art sites, and traditional designs, patterns, and stories infuse contemporary Indigenous Australian art. It is the modern artwork produced by Aboriginal Australians and Torres Strait Islander people. Indigenous Australian art can claim to be the world's longest continuing art tradition. Prior to European settlement of Australia, Indigenous people used many art forms, including sculpture, wood carving, rock carving, body painting, bark painting, and weaving. Many of these continue to be used both for traditional purposes and in the creation of artworks for exhibition and sale. Some other techniques have declined or disappeared since European settlement, including body decoration by scarring and the making of possum-skinned cloaks. However, Indigenous Australians also adopted and expanded the use of new techniques, including painting on paper and canvas. Most people who participate in the arts depend on other professions for their primary income. Full-time arts practitioners are usually highly dependent on government funding. The sale of work in graphic arts, multimedia, and literature earns a substantial income for many practitioners. While the performance arts, in particular dance, do not tend to generate enough income to cover their costs. The Australia Council funds artistic activity, provides incomes to arts workers and projects, and is the primary source of income for dance and theater. The film and television industries receive substantial government support and tax incentives. There is government funding for schools of the performing arts. Approximately 10% of large businesses provide some form of support or funding to the arts or cultural events. In the field of literature, Australian literature grew slowly in the decades following European settlement, though indigenous oral traditions, many of which have since been recorded in writing, are much older. Since the 1890s, a national literature has been developing with a distinctly Australian voice. This tradition, which is focused largely on the bush as a mythic place in the Australian imagination, has been challenged recently by a new suburban focus for literature. Australian authors have won many international awards, and Australians are claimed to be one of the leading nations in per capita spending on books and magazines. In the 1870s, Adam Lindsay Gordon posthumously became the first Australian poet to attain a wide readership. Following in his footsteps, Henry Lawson and Banjo Patterson captured the experience of the bush using a distinctive Australian vocabulary. Their works are still popular. Patterson's bush poem, Waltzing Matilda, from 1895, is regarded as Australia's unofficial national anthem. Miles Franklin is the namesake of Australia's most prestigious literary prize, awarded annually to the best novel about Australian life. Its first recipient, Patrick White, went on to win the Nobel Prize in Literature in 1973.
In the area of music, styles range from classical and symphonic to rock, pop, and alternative styles. Music is the most popular performance art, attracting large audiences. Pop music is more successful than symphony and chamber music. Many Australian pop musicians have had international success. There is a symphony orchestra in each state, and a national opera company, Opera Australia, well known for its famous soprano, Joan Sutherland. Performing Arts Each state has a publicly funded theatre company. Comedy and cabaret also attract large audiences and appear to have a large talent pool. The story of The Kelly Gang, from 1906, the world's first feature-length narrative film, spurred a boom in Australian cinema during the silent film era. After World War I, Hollywood became the primary film producer in the industry, and by the 1960s, Australian film production had effectively ceased. Australia has had its share of the film market over the years, and in 2015 it had 7.7% of the local box office. Ballet and Dance These are represented by various state companies and the Australian Ballet, founded in 1962, which enjoys a good international reputation. Ballet is popular with over 2,500 schools in the early 1990s. Australia has one of the world's highest attendances of art galleries and museums per head of population. Celebrations and Holidays Independence Day, which originated in 1901 from the Federation of UK Colonies, and New Year's Day are both celebrated on January 1st. New Year's Eve is celebrated on December 31st. Australia Day. This commemorates the arrival of the first fleet of Australian settlers in 1788, celebrated on January 26th. Anzac Day. Commemorates the anniversary of the landing of troops of the Australian and New Zealand Army Corps during World War I at Gallipoli, Turkey in 1915. This is celebrated on April 25th. This has broadened to encompass participants in all wars in which Australia has been involved in. Boxing Day, celebrated the day after Christmas. It originally was to give gifts to the poor, but today it's primarily known as a shopping holiday and it's on December 26th. Labor Day, this is a public holiday to commemorate improved working conditions and the implementation of the eight-hour workday. It is celebrated at different times of the year in different states. Melbourne Cup Day is an annual horse racing event in Melbourne. Royal Easter shows and Royal Show Days with annual agricultural shows are held in capital cities with exhibits, competitions, and sideshows, highlighting the rural tradition. Grand Final Days which are the annual finals to the National Australian Rules and Rugby League football competitions. Sports Cricket and football are the predominant sports in Australia during the summer and winter months, respectively. Sir Don Bradman, an Australian cricketer, averaged 99.94 with his bat. The next highest average in the entire history of the game is 60. Soccer, while ranked fourth in popularity and resources, has the highest overall participation rates. Cricket is popular across all borders and has been regarded by many Australians as the national sport. 
Australia is also notable for water-based sports, such as swimming and surfing. The surf lifesaving movement originated in Australia, and the volunteer lifesaver is one of the country's icons. Nationally, other popular sports include horse racing, basketball, and motor racing. The annual Melbourne Cup horse race and the Sydney to Hobart yacht race attract intense interest. In 2016, the Australian Sports Commission revealed that swimming, cycling, and soccer are the three most popular participation sports. Australia is one of five nations to have participated in every Summer Olympics of the modern era and has hosted the Games twice, 1956 in Melbourne and 2000 in Sydney. It is also set to host the 2032 Games in Brisbane. Other major international events held in Australia include the Australian Open Tennis Grand Slam Tournament, international cricket matches, and the Australian Formula One Grand Prix. Skiing in Australia began in the 1860s, and snow sports take place in the Australian Alps and parts of Tasmania. Transportation There are 418 airports, with 25 registered air carriers. There are a total of 873,573 kilometers, or 542,813 miles, of roadways. There are 33,343 kilometers, or 20,718 miles, of railways. There are 39,000 kilometers, or 24,233 miles, of pipelines carrying natural gas. 240 kilometers, or 149 miles, carrying liquid petroleum. 3,609 kilometers, or 2,242 miles, carrying oil. 110 kilometers, or 68 miles, carrying oil, gas, or water. And 72 kilometers, or 44.7 miles, carrying other refined products. There are 12 major seaports in the country. There are 2,000 kilometers or 1,243 miles of waterways, mainly used for recreation on the Murray and Murray-Darling River systems. There are 581 merchant marine vessels. Communications Australia has excellent domestic and international service, with comprehensive population coverage through LTE. It has domestic satellite system, it is shifting to fiber networks through infrastructure built out. Mobile network operators continue to work towards the launch of 5G. It is predicted to be one of the top markets driving the growth of 5G and data markets in Asia. Fiber backbone is planned to connect with submarine cables. Oman, Australia cable to be completed by the end of 2021. Two of Australia's major imports are broadcast equipment and computers from China. There are 31 out of 100 inhabitants with fixed telephone lines. There are 111 out of 100 with mobile cellular subscriptions. 86.55% of the population are connected to the Internet. Broadband fixed subscriptions are at 34.85 out of 100. Australia has two public broadcasters, the Australian Broadcasting Corporation and the Multicultural Special Broadcasting Service, three commercial television networks, 
several paid TV services, and numerous public, non-profit television and radio stations. Each major city has at least one daily newspaper, and there are two national daily newspapers, the Australian and the Australian Financial Review. Energy The total population has electricity. There is no electricity exported. In 2020, Australia used coal for 62% of all energy, wind for 9.9%, natural gas for 9.9%, solar power for 9.9%, hydropower for 6.4%, bioenergy for 1.4%, and other sources like oil and waste coal mine gas for 0.5%. Crude oil production is 284,000 BBL per day. Crude oil exports is 192,500 BBL per day. Crude oil imports is 341,700 BBL per day. The country has an estimated reserve of crude oil equal to 1.821 billion BBL. Natural gas production amounts to 105.2 billion cubic meters. Natural gas consumption is 42.25 billion cubic meters. Natural gas exports are 67.96 cubic meters. Natural gas imports are 5.776 billion cubic meters. Natural gas reserves are estimated to be at 1.989 trillion cubic meters. In August of 2009, Australia's government set a goal to achieve 20% of all energy in the country from renewable sources by 2020. They achieved this goal as renewable resources accounted for 27.7% of Australia's energy in 2020. Travel Travelers should be aware that robberies, burglaries, assault, and auto theft are common in Australia's larger cities. Weapons are increasingly used in such crimes which also may be associated with drug trafficking, gang activities, and drug or alcohol usage. Foreign visitors in popular tourist areas are targets for pickpockets, purse snatchers, and petty thieves. Be careful when consuming alcohol with unfamiliar people, as drink spiking can occur. Appropriate security precautions should be taken, especially at night, to avoid becoming a target of opportunity. Do not buy counterfeit or pirated goods, even if they're widely available. Not only are the bootlegs illegal in some countries such as the United States, if you purchase them you may also be breaking local law. Traffic operates on the left side of the road, and all vehicles use right-hand drive. Please use caution when crossing streets and when driving. When crossing roads on foot, make sure you look carefully in all directions. Wearing a seatbelt is mandatory, and fines apply for not wearing them. Speed limits and laws regarding driving, while intoxicated, are rigorously enforced, and random breath testing of a driver's blood alcohol limit is a common occurrence. Roads and streets are frequently narrower and less graded than in highways such as in the United States. Outside major metropolitan areas, most highways are two-lane roads with significant distances between destinations. Speed limits vary throughout Australia and are measured in kilometers, not miles. Be aware that speed cameras are everywhere and you will be ticketed for driving over the speed limit. When driving in Australia, 
Exercise caution while passing or merging with adjacent traffic. If driving in rural areas, be cautious of free-roaming animals such as kangaroos and road trains. This is several semi-truck trailers connected. Passing road trains is dangerous, and you should pull over to allow oncoming road trains to pass to avoid being sideswiped. Several fatalities have occurred in the Northern Territory, where vehicles driven at high rates of speed have skidded and overturned after hitting loose gravel on the shoulder of the road. If you have no experience with a four-wheel drive vehicle, you should exercise common sense when driving in the Australian Outback. Texting or holding your phone while driving is against the law, but you can use a hands-free system to communicate while driving. For specific information concerning Australian driving permits, vehicle inspection, road tax, mandatory insurance, and the rental and operation of motor vehicles in Australia, visit the Australian Tourist Commission website. Each state or territory has different rules about using a foreign driver's license and the conditions under which a visitor might have to get an international driver's license. In some cases, you can apply for a driver's license from the state in Australia where you intend to remain for the duration of your stay in Australia. It is illegal to take pictures of certain buildings, such as inside certain areas of Australian airports, near prisons, and at military bases. Be aware that Australian fauna can be dangerous, from jellyfish to crocodiles, sharks, poisonous insects, and snakes. The continent and its waters host wildlife that merit awe and respect in equal doses. Take important safety precautions when swimming, such as swimming only between the flags where a lifeguard is present and never swimming alone. Follow recommended precautions when snorkeling and scuba diving and never dive alone. Over the past few years, there have been numerous deaths related to snorkeling and scuba diving accidents. Travel in Sydney The Sydney Harbour Bridge, the world's highest steel arc bridge. It spans 97.3 metres, or 319 feet, and is 134 metres, or 440 feet, high above mean sea level. It is recorded in the Guinness Book for its span, this iconic bridge is one of the world's few climbable bridges. You can experience the climb by signing up for the adventure with an experienced climb leader who will prepare you with health and safety essentials and with weather-appropriate gear. The Rocks The first site of European settlement in Australia and it's rich in history. It was particularly important first as a convict site and then as a working-class part of town. It's also home to Cadman's Cottage, the oldest residential house in Sydney. The Rocks is well known for its markets, cobblestoned laneways, and the stunning views of the Sydney Harbour Bridge. You'll find several excellent art galleries in the area and great dining options. Bondi Beach. This is in the eastern suburbs of the city. The green grass, golden sand, and turquoise water attract more than one million visitors a year. Cockatoo Island, located in the middle of Sydney Harbour, easily accessible by ferry. Parts of the island have been inscribed on the UNESCO World Heritage List as one of 11 historical sites that form the Australian Convict Sites World Heritage Property. The Australian Convict Sites are the best surviving evidence of the convict transportation and forced labour used to build Australia as a European colony. 
the convict precinct of Cockatoo Island is a shocking testament to the appalling cruelties of convict life. In addition, the island is beautiful and is a popular camping spot. You'll find a giant chessboard outside the visitor center. Garigal National Park A protected national park in the North Shore region of Sydney. The national park is huge, at 2,202 hectares, and the park trails are very popular with walkers, hikers, and cyclists. You'll find amazing scenery here, such as the Cascades, as well as interesting local flora and fauna. There are 100 ancient Aboriginal sites recorded within the park, including cave art and rock engravings. Taronga Zoo A short ferry away from Sydney's city centre, but it feels like a different world. This well-kept zoo is home to a diverse range of animals and is passionate about conservation, sustainability, and public education. Here you will find a sky-high ropes adventure course offering spectacular views of Sydney Harbour. It's a large zoo, but the zoo train and the sky safari will help you get around in comfort. It's also possible to sleep the night at the zoo in safari-style tents. Sydney Tower Eye the highest point in Sydney, from which you can see 360-degree panoramic views. It's particularly worth coming shortly before sunset so that you can enjoy the daytime and the nighttime views, but there's never really a time when it's not a wonderful sight. The tower is open every day of the year, and you can also sign up for a skywalk tour of the outer perimeter. Sydney Fish Market Australia is known for its delicious seafood and the Sydney Fish Market is a great place to find exceptional quality, as well as a delight for your taste buds. It's also got a great atmosphere, and behind-the-scenes tours are available. There are several cafes and restaurants on site, as well as a sushi bar and a Chinese seafood restaurant specializing in yum cha. Sydney Museums As you'd expect from Australia's largest city, Sydney is home to some world-class museums that offer a fascinating insight into the city's past, present, and future, as well as interesting collections from all over the world. The Australian Museum has a great natural history collection. Get up close with all of Australia's scariest without putting your life at risk. The Powerhouse Museum has a focus on science, design, innovation, and technology and the fun exhibits range from steam engines to life in the 80s to a dancing robot. The Hyde Park Barracks Museum is a UNESCO-listed World Heritage Site that provides a sober glimpse back to the past, having previously been first a convict barracks and then an asylum for women. Travel to Canberra The National Zoo and Aquarium Canberra is home to Australia's only combined zoo and aquarium facility. The zoo venture tours are particularly fun. You can feed a bear, pat a rhino, hand feed a giraffe, and much more in this two-hour behind-the-scenes look at the zoo. The facility is also home to a luxury safari lodge, Jamala Wildlife Lodge, which offers deluxe accommodations and special safari itineraries for visitors. Namaji National Park. Just 40 kilometers or 25 miles south of Canberra, this park makes for a wonderful day trip to find stunning Australian fauna, including colorful bird life, rugged granite mountains, 
and habitats that vary from alpine meadows to lush forests. This park is also listed on the Australian National Heritage Site as one of 11 protected areas that form the Australian Alps National Parks and Reserves. The National Museum of Australia Canberra is renowned for the exceptionally high-quality exhibitions that are attracted to its museums and galleries, many of which are not shown elsewhere in Australia and attract visitors from around the country. The National Museum of Australia is a perfect spot to learn about the history, geography, and culture of Australia, as well as many fascinating international exhibits. The National Gallery of Australia a world-class facility with a particularly excellent collection of Aboriginal art. The National Library of Australia operates from five buildings. It has a full-time staff of 346 and 69 registered volunteers. There are 279 kilometers of shelving, housing the collection of 10.25 million items. There are 368,000 175 on-site visitors, and 1.23 million off-site visitors. Canberra's Jet Flight Simulator Here you'll experience what it's like to fly a jet in an entirely safe virtual environment. No experience is needed to become the captain of one of the world's most popular planes, a Boeing 737 and you'll have an experienced flight instructor acting as your first officer and teaching you the ropes of the sky. There are 22,000 virtual airports available to land in, and different weather conditions available, making it an extraordinary adventure to enjoy. Old Bus Depot Markets and the Capital Region Farmers Market Great places to find some of the tastiest fruits and vegetables in the country, as well as many handmade crafts and quirky souvenirs. National Botanic Gardens Australia is renowned for its gorgeous flora, especially its wildflowers. The National Botanic Gardens is a fantastic introduction to the beauty of Australian plant life, as well as its versatility in the important role that it has played in traditional culture. There's even a 45-minute bus tour of the gardens so that you can learn in-depth about the beauty of nature in air-conditioned comfort. Melbourne Melbourne is very well known for its street art, being considered one of the street art capitals of the world. The City Council has designated certain areas as approved for street artists, and the street art here is of exceptionally high quality and changes regularly. It's a great way for budding street artists to get experience in the artistic side of graffiti, and having structured locations for this amazing creative outlet helps to reduce the level of graffiti elsewhere, as well as adding a great urban vibe that tourists and locals both enjoy. Flinders Street Station the main entrance to Flinders Street Station is a picturesque cultural symbol of Melbourne you'll find on many postcards or tourist brochures. This beautiful building was opened in 1910, and it's listed on the Victorian Heritage Register. Inside you'll find Australia's busiest railway station, a small shopping area with tasty food options. Across the road, at Federation Square, is another Melbourne icon with a unique and fascinating architectural design making the square quite unlike anything you've seen before. Once you're at the square, make sure that you visit the Australian Centre of the Moving Image, which has hosted fascinating displays on subjects such as claymation and the Ian Potter Centre Art Gallery. Greek Culture 
Melbourne has the largest Greek population of any city outside of Athens, and the close-knit, vibrant Greek community always has plenty of cultural events going on. There's the Greek precinct, where you'll find Greek cuisine of a standard that you'd expect in Greece itself. This area has many Greek cultural shops and the Hellenic Museum nearby. If you're in Melbourne in March or September, you may also wish to check out the Antipodes Festival or the Greek Film Festival, respectively. Italian Culture The Ligon Street Italian Precinct, also known as Little Italy, is a gorgeous leafy street running through several Melbournean suburbs, with a rich cafe culture that introduced Melbourne to the love of high-quality coffee for which the city is now famous. You'll find world-class Italian dining here, as well as Italian produce and culture stores, the beautiful Ligon buildings built in 1888, and shopping boutiques. Shopping Melbourne is renowned for its world-class shopping, in particular Chapel Street, This is popular with both local and international celebrities for its excellent range of high-quality clothing, or visit the former Melbourne Government Post Office, which now functions as a shopping mall. Bridge Road in Richmond is a great spot for outlet shopping, great food at budget prices, and excellent homewares. Fitzroy is well known for its eclectic vintage finds. High Point and Chadstone are large shopping malls with a wide range of Australian and international brands. Old Melbourne Jail is a museum in the city centre which operated as a prison from its opening in 1842 to 1929. It was the site of the execution of many of Australia's most infamous criminals, including Ned Kelly. 130 people were executed here while the prison was in operation. The museum offers a glimpse into life of the 1800s. Some mentally ill and homeless people were interred in the prison, and the harsh conditions they were subject to seem quite shocking by modern standards. The museum includes an impressive range of artifacts, including the death masks of many executed criminals. The Queen Victoria Markets have been an important food hub in Melbourne since they were opened in 1878 home to some of Melbourne's tastiest produce stalls and delicatessens, you'll find excellent cheeses, olives, and smoked meats here. The building itself is a beautiful example of Victorian architecture, and you'll also find many artisanal crafts made by locals along with souvenirs. St. Kilda is full of attractions for tourists and locals alike, from the delicious cakes of Auckland Street to the community gardens and the thriving nightlife. There's also an amazing beach, with famous Victorian beach houses and a pier. Surprising to many, this busy suburb of Melbourne has some unexpected residents, a colony of fairy penguins. This colony established itself in the 1970s on the St. Kilda Breakwater and arrived just after sunset every night of the year, being particularly numerous in the summer. Penguin guides are on duty during the daylight savings period to answer any questions about the penguins that you may have. Phillip Island is just off the coast of Melbourne and may be best known for its colony of 32,000 fairy penguins, but it has so much more to offer, including a koala conservation center, a Grand Prix track, incredible hiking opportunities, a heritage farm complete with wagon rides, and the Southern Gippsland Wine Trail. 
It's all within a two-hour drive of Victoria's capital, making for a good day trip, but an even better weekend getaway. Western Australia Cable Beach is a 22-kilometer or 14-mile stretch of white sand, which creates one of the most spectacular sunset spots in the country, especially if you take part in Cable Beach's camel train as the sun sinks into the Indian Ocean. Queensland Fraser Island It's the world's largest sand island, more than 120 kilometers or 75 miles long and 24 kilometers or 15 miles wide and a three-hour drive north of Brisbane. It's home to an eclectic collection of treasures. Here you'll find the white sand freshwater Lake Mackenzie, the lofty valley of the Giants Rainforest, one of Australia's purest strains of dingo, and the haunting shipwreck of the SS Mahino. Hervey Bay, your launch pad for tours of the island, is also the best whale-watching spot in Australia during winter, when Fraser Island shelters newborn humpback calves to grow strong before the long trip back to Antarctica. New South Wales Byron Bay is known for its incredible surf, sublime beaches, great cafe culture, and laid-back bohemian vibes. It is Australia's easternmost town and is one of the country's most famous surf spots. It has breaks to suit everyone from rookies to pros. The area also has plenty of other activities for those who don't feel like taking to the water, including whale-watching, rainforest hikes, and shopping in the designer boutiques. Segment 3. Who is? Walter Burley Griffin an American architect who won an international competition to design the city of Canberra. Joan Sutherland. One of Australia's greatest gifts to the world of music is the renowned operatic soprano. Nicole Kidman, an Oscar winner. Olivia Newton-John, a singer and actress. Hugh Jackman, known as the Wolverine in X-Men, an actor, singer, and dancer. Liam Hemsworth began his career on an Australian soap opera before moving on to becoming a Hollywood actor, along with his brothers Chris and Luke. Russell Crowe, the actor. Keith Urban, the country music star. Paul Hogan, an actor best known in Crocodile Dundee. Mel Gibson, an actor. Mick Fanning, one of Australia's greatest surfers, a three-time world champion. Holly Ringland, author of best-selling novel, The Lost Flowers of Alice Hart. Carrie Webb, a champion golfer. Bindi Irwin, conservationist, daughter of Steve Irwin of Crocodile Hunter. Segment 4, Who Would Have Thought? Australia is famous for Ayers Rock, also known as Uluru. It's a massive sandstone rock or monolith located in Uluru-Kata, Juta National Park. It is a sacred place for the Anunga people. The Great Barrier Reef The largest contiguous collection of more than 2,900 individual coral reefs on Earth. The Sydney Opera House The roof of the Sydney Opera House is designed to appear like the sails of a ship. The Opera House is an architectural wonder. If you open the sails of the house and combine them, the perfect spear would be formed. And the inspiration for this kind of design came to its architect while he was eating an orange. If this might interest you, note that its roof weighs a whopping 
161,000 tons. The Great Ocean Road, a 243-kilometer or 151-mile-long scenic road along Australia's southeast coast and is listed as a national heritage. The Outback, the remote and mostly uninhabited inland regions of Australia. Pink Lake, a salt lake named after its color. It is in the Goldfields Esperance region of Western Australia. However, the color of this lake is not always pink and changes because of the change in salinity of the water and the concentration of brine prawn in the lake. Pinnacles Limestone formations within Nambung National Park in Western Australia. Null Arbor Links, the world's longest golf course. Situated along 1,365 kilometers of the Eyre Highway that crosses the southern coast of Australia in two states, South Australia and Western Australia. Lord Howe Island, a famous tourist destination in Australia, allows only 400 tourists at any time, no matter how many apply and want to get in there. The town named 1770. It's true, the name just contains digits. The town is a six-hour drive north from Brisbane along the coast of central Queensland. Royal Botanic Gardens. These were established in 1816, making them the oldest botanic gardens in Australia, as well as the oldest scientific institution. It's one of Sydney's most visited tourist attractions, with over 5 million visitors per year. Interesting Info the Australian continent is moving towards Eurasia at the rate of 6 to 7 centimeters a year. There is a sea breeze known as the Fremantle Doctor, which affects the city of Perth on the west coast and is one of the most consistent winds in the world. Aborigines were the inventors of the boomerang. There are two kinds. The hunting boomerang, it's two feet long, with a slight curve at one end and sharp edge on the other. The other is used in competitions. It's lighter in weight with a more noticeable curve and returns when thrown. Both are made of wood and decorated with carvings or painted designs. In Victoria, only a licensed electrician can change an electric bulb. Australia pioneered the use of banknotes made of plastic or polymers. They last four times as long as regular paper notes and provide greater security against counterfeiting. Australia now exports plastic bills to other countries such as New Zealand, Indonesia, Singapore, and Brunei. Because Australians spend most of their spare time on the beach or participating in outdoor activities, they have the highest incidence of skin cancer in the world. It is common to see surfers and lifeguards wearing a thick coating of white zinc on their lips and noses to protect them from the sun. Because strong currents along the coast make swimming dangerous, Specially trained lifesavers patrol Australia's beaches. Life-saving clubs, first formed in Sydney, are staffed with volunteers. They hold competitions to test the speed and skill of life-saving teams. Each August, an unusual race is held in the outback near Alice Springs. It is called the Henley-on-Todd Boat Race. Because water is rarely found in the Todd River, Racers must carry their boats along the dry riverbed. The Trans-Australian Railway Line, the second longest in the world, was built between 1912 and 1917 to join Western and Southern Australia. 
the surveyors who mapped out the route used camels to travel across the harsh desert terrain of southern Australia, including the Null Arbor Plain. Null Arbor means no trees in Latin. When a child loses a tooth, it's put under their pillow as they wait for the tooth fairy to take their tooth and bring them money. When an Aboriginal child loses a tooth, their family helps them put their tooth inside the shoot of a pandanus seedling so that when the pandanus grows into a tree, their tooth will grow too. They believe there are spirits in the pandanus leaves that will look after them while their tooth is growing. Being given the key to the house is still considered an important sign of coming of age in Australia. This takes place when someone turns the age of 21. The young man who was given the key to the house is said to be given permission to come and go as he pleases and to stay out as late as he likes. Voting is compulsory in Australia. The dingo fence, the world's longest fence, is 3,436 miles or 5,531 kilometers long. The first policemen were a band of eight of the most well-behaved convicts formed by Governor Arthur Phillip. The pictures of man's first steps on the moon to the rest of the world in 1969 were broadcasted from Australia. The world's oldest fossil with 3.4 billion-year-old cells was found in Australia. The world's first seatbelt law was put in place in 1970 in the state of Victoria, making the wearing of a seatbelt compulsory for drivers and front seat passengers. 50% of young Australians between the age of 14 and 19 years use cannabis. Australia lost its Prime Minister Harold Hold in 1967 when he went for a swim and never returned. The event was later referred to as the swim that needed no towel. Australia, which was founded by convicts, has a homicide rate of 1.8 per 100,000 people, whereas that of America is 3 per 100,000 people. Australia is the third nation behind the United States and Russia to successfully launch a satellite into orbit. Australia is the only continent without an active volcano. Australia exports camels to Saudi Arabia. The Arabs use the camel for meat. Australians spend more money per capita on gambling than any other country in the world. Australia has the largest cattle station in the world at 21,126 square miles, or 34,000 square kilometers. That's even bigger than Belgium. Ugg boots were invented in Australia, but they're not too keen on them. The locals call them very ugly boots. They've invented many other things, including lawnmowers with engines, the black box on airplanes, smoke alarms, aspirin, the pacemaker, penicillin, the wine cask, electric drill, car radio, and the bionic ear and long-wearing contact lenses. Wi-Fi is claimed by the Australians as the invention of its National Science Agency. Australia ranks third in economic freedom. That was in 2021. It has been a leader in economic freedom ever since the inception of the index in 1995, and its economy has been in the highest free category for the past 15 years. The country scores on the three rule of law indicators, property rights, judicial effectiveness, and government integrity, are among the highest in the world. The world's largest espresso machine is in Australia. 
It can brew up to 18 cups of coffee at any given time, and at least five people are required to handle it while operating. The world's only white whale, they call him Migaloo, can be seen in Australia. Out of its population of 23 million, at least 14 million are obese in Australia, and obesity is killing more people prematurely than smoking and illness in the country. An Australian sheep broke the world record for the heaviest wool haul from one shearing. It had 40 kilograms of wool, or 88 pounds, removed from its body, and it took five shearers to get the job done. Following the 1996 Port Arthur incident, where a gunman in the state of Tasmania, armed with a semi-automatic rifle, killed 35 people at the popular tourist destination, the Australian government has stringent gun laws. Conservative legislators were responsible for the passing of an elaborate gun control program. The laws outlawed automatic and semi-automatic weapons. Severe licensing laws were also implemented, which included background checks and waiting periods for gun acquisition. The conservative government also came up with a buyback program. Citizens were compensated for surrendering or reporting on illegal automatic and semi-automatic rifles. With this program, more than 650,000 firearms were given up and destroyed. The cost was estimated at $360 million. Australians cannot possess firearms without acceptable cause. Australia is one of the few countries that became stricter in terms of gun control laws recently. There have been studies published on the impact of the NFA on firearm-related deaths in Australia. According to a 2011 summary of the research by the Harvard Injury Control Research Center, studies suggested beneficial effects from the law changes, with a reduction in mass shootings and a reduction in the rate of firearm-related deaths, both homicides and suicides overall. The world's best coffee can be found in Melbourne, according to over a 1,000 users on the website Booking.com. Melbourne even plays host to a coffee expo, and the 2014 World Barista Champion Pete Licata from the United States has described coffee culture in Melbourne as incredible. Australia has more than 10,000 beaches. If you decide to visit a new beach every day, it will take more than 27 years of your lifetime. In March of 2021, it's been reported that there is a plague-like infestation of mice making life miserable for farmers, grocers, and other citizens of the eastern Australian states. Some farmers lost entire grain harvests due to mice, and hotels have had to close because they cannot keep the mice out. Staff at a grocery store reported catching as many as 600 mice a night. Locals have responded by laying extra traps, while one farmer was given permission to use a drone to drop poison bait on the mice from above. It is feared that this is just the beginning of a much larger manifestation of the mice, considering a single breeding pair can produce a new litter every 20 days or so, birthing more than 500 offspring in a season. More than just being a nuisance, mouse plagues can also bring disease, including salmonella bacteria. Since 1915, there have been 16 Nobel Prizes awarded to Australians. There are 20 UNESCO World Heritage Sites in Australia, 4 cultural, 12 natural, 4 mixed, 
and three on the tentative list. A few will be mentioned here. Australian Convict Sites This consists of 11 penal sites among the thousands established by the British Empire on Australian soil in the 18th and 19th centuries. It demonstrates a large-scale example of the forced migration of convicts who were condemned to transportation to distant colonies. The sites illustrate the different types of convict settlement organized to serve the colonial development project by means of buildings, ports, infrastructure, etc. It also illustrates the living conditions of the convicts. The Buj Bim cultural landscape is in the traditional country of the Gunditjmara Aboriginal people in southeastern Australia. The three serial components of the property contain one of the world's most extensive and oldest aquaculture systems. The Buj Bim lava flows, which connect the three components, provides the basis for the complex aquaculture system developed by the Gunditjmara based on deliberate redirection, modification, and management of waterways and wetlands. Over a period of at least 6,600 years, the Gunditjmara created, manipulated, and modified these local hydrological regimes and ecological systems. They utilized the abundant volcanic rock to construct channels, weirs, and dams, and manage water flows in order to systematically trap, store, and harvest kuyang, or short-finned eel, and support enhancement of other food resources. The Greater Blue Mountains area consists of 1.03 million hectares of sandstone, plateaus, escarpments, and gorges dominated by temperate eucalyptus forest. The site, comprised of eight protected areas, is noted for its representation of the evolutionary adaptation and diversification of the eucalyptus in post-Gondwana isolation on the Australian continent. 91 eucalyptus species occur within the Greater Blue Mountains area, which is also outstanding for its exceptional expression of the structural and ecological diversity of the eucalyptus associated with its wide range of habitats. The site provides significant representation of Australia's biodiversity, with 10% of the vascular flora as well as significant numbers of rare or threatened species. The geology and geomorphology of the property, which includes 300-meter cliffs, or 980 feet, slot canyons, and waterfalls, provides the physical conditions and visual backdrop to support these outstanding biological values. In a region that has been subjected to severe glaciation, these parks and reserves with their steep gorges, covering an area of over 1 million hectares, constitute one of the last expanses of temperate rainforest in the world. Remains found in limestone caves attest to the human occupation of the area for more than 20,000 years. At the most westerly point of the Australian continent, Shark Bay, with its islands in the land surrounding it, has three exceptional natural features. Its vast seagrass beds, which are the largest, 4,800 square kilometers, or 1,853 square miles, and richest in the world. Its dugong, or sea cow population, and its stromatolites. These are colonies of algae, which form hard, dome-shaped deposits, and are among the oldest forms of life on Earth. 
Shark Bay is also home to five species of endangered mammals. Kakuta National Park This unique archaeological and ethnological reserve, located in the Northern Territory, has been inhabited continuously for more than 40,000 years. The cave paintings, rock carvings, and archaeological sites record the skills and way of life of the region's inhabitants. From the hunter-gatherers of prehistoric times to the Aboriginal people still living there. Kakadu preserves the greatest variety of ecosystems on the Australian continent, including extensive areas of savanna woodlands, open forest, floodplains, mangroves, tidal mudflats, coastal areas, and monsoon forests. It provides a habitat for a wide range of rare or endemic species of plants and animals. It is the largest national park in Australia and one of the largest in the world's tropics. Thank you for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Australia Part 2 in my Nations of the World podcast series. In the next episode, we'll learn how did Vienna's coffeehouse culture make it onto the UNESCO's list of sites under the category Intangible Cultural Heritage? The Broadway musical The Sound of Music was based on the true story of the Von Trapp family. How much of their history was portrayed in this musical? The oldest still-operating restaurant in the world is found here. How old is it? Be sure to subscribe to Nations of the World podcast series so you don't miss the next exciting episode, Austria. With the release of my two-part episode on Australia, it marks a milestone of my ninth and 10th episodes for Nations of the World podcast. I'm excited to share that in just under four months, I have hundreds of listeners from all over the world in 54 different countries. If you are enjoying the series, please consider leaving a review for Nations of the World podcast on Apple Podcasts. You can also help to support my work by making a small contribution on Patreon. You can find me there at patreon.com slash nations of the world. With your review on Apple Podcasts, I will give you a shout out in my next episode. If you contribute on Patreon at the first level, you will get a shout out in my next episode and you'll have a chance to submit a question that you'd like to have answered in one of my upcoming podcasts. This can be a question about how I plan or produce my show, or it can be a question to be answered in one of my upcoming episodes about a particular country. If you contribute on Patreon at the second level, you'll receive the shout-out and question submittal, along with free access to all the episodes electronically in ebook format. These ebooks range in size from about 10,000 to 25,000 words each. You can also just purchase a single ebook in the series on Amazon in the Kindle ebook section for just 99 cents. You can find them by searching for the country name followed by Nations of the World. Thank you again for listening to my podcasts. Without your interest in the show, I would have no reason to continue producing more episodes. I have many exciting ideas on how to expand the show, which I can't wait to get to in the future. I also look forward to hearing from and interacting with my listeners to get some input, advice, and ideas on how to improve the show. Gaining knowledge about other people and their culture is often the best way to understanding who they are and why they do things a certain way. This in turn can make us less fearful of differences and hopefully more accepting. Let's face it. 
We're all human and we all share the same world.